Well, good morning, Gateway. Let's stand. We are the brave souls that are not on vacation. <laughs> We're going to sing some worship this morning together. Song again. Whoa. 
this morning. Thankful for that day that's coming. I 
dare not trust this need is for rain but holy trust but holy trust in Jesus that he laid a sure foundation a foundation that would never fail and that foundation is the cornerstone the chief cornerstone Jesus Christ our Lord can somebody give him a hand clap of praise this morning amen and amen thank you for being here look at someone and let them know that you are glad that they are at Gateway Church as you're seated Uh, we are so happy and excited that you're here Uh, we are um, we also thankful for all those who are uh, watching Uh, as everyone tries to squeeze in that last-minute vacation. How many people um, who are here this morning, how many people are going to try to squeeze in one last vacation before school starts? All right, we've got several. And uh, you guys enjoy it uh, because um, 
Uh, I'm doing the same thing. Um, we are, uh, summer's been just a great time to, to be able to, uh, to have a summer. And uh, God has just uh, moved, and we've been growing in Him and, and uh, growing in our relationships with, with people and with our family. And uh, so we look forward to those times of being able to get away. And, and uh, so enjoy those because reality is getting ready to hit. Uh, all of my teachers are uh, they're already going back and for training and this and that and uh, uh, they you know they, they need counseling uh, because summer is over and, and kids need counseling and um, and parents are uh, most of us are excited that they're going back and uh, but we're so excited about what God is doing and uh, just a couple of things I want to make you aware of that we have going on we've been doing a, um, uh, a back to school outreach uh, for some uh, uh, families in the community who uh, may need some help. Uh, people, we know that going back to school is expensive. And uh, so we have been taking donations and we've took uh, some kids from the resource center and we are uh, giving them a, a new outfit, a new pair of shoes. Uh, we're giving them haircuts. We're going to feed them. We're going to bring them uh, and, and just bless them and minister to them next Sunday evening. And uh, so all we're asking you to do is uh, help us out financially. And uh, you can do that just by uh, going online and selecting uh, back to school outreach, or you can, uh, the boxes that we have in the back where we place offerings, or there's envelopes back there, uh, you can do that. And uh, we're just going to, uh, to bless these children. Also, this coming up this Wednesday night uh, from 7 till 9 at the um, Flatwoods uh, Pool, uh, we're having a sort of a end of the summer back to school um, uh, pool party. And uh, if you uh, have kids that uh, you like to bring out, and they're going to have food, and it's just going to be a good time, and uh, we in encourage you to come out and, and just be with your church family. And uh, we, uh, uh, we've done this uh, until last year. Uh, we've done it, and uh, it's been a great time, just a great time of, of fun. So that's at the Flatwoods Pool. If you need more information about that, you can talk to Pastor Steve, and uh, we will uh, make sure that you get that information. Uh, but we're excited about what God is doing. And uh, God has just been uh, doing things in, in, in our life and in our church. And as things uh, start to get back to what we hope somewhat is normal, uh, we begin to go into the fall and, uh, you know, the leaves start to change. And, and, and so over the last few weeks, uh, last week and, and this week, uh, we begin to look at uh, the reason that we exist. And we talked about last week, why does the church exist? And, and so... Today will once again be a little bit different because uh, God has just been dealing with me about making a difference. He's been dealing with me about us understanding why that we exist and realizing that it's not for us that we exist. That's not why the church was created. Um, it is such a, an important thing for us to grasp and such an important thing for us to understand, especially in the light of, of everything that's happening in the world today. Uh, there's so much chaos, there's so much wickedness, there's so much darkness. And the question is that, that we have to ask ourselves, uh, individually and as a church, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? And so we begin to ask ourselves the question, are we going to make a difference? Are we going to make a difference? You see, I believe that, that God has called the church to be the solution I believe that God has called the church to bring light into the middle of all the darkness, in the middle of all the chaos. Some will, will ask me, Pastor, are we living in the last days? And, um, you know, the Bible says that Jesus doesn't even know. It says he doesn't know. But what it does tell us is, is that he is ready to come back. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's just waiting for him to say, go get your bride. And the other thing that we know is that the Bible says we'll know by the signs of the times. And Jesus devoted uh, an entire chapter in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, to what the signs would look like before he would return. He did say that the gospel would be preached to every nation. Now, now every nation there, that's not defined by boundaries. Uh, the word there in the Greek is ethnos, which basically means people group. Now, there's almost 200 nations in the world, but, but there's over one, uh, thousands of people groups. And what we know that because of technology, those people groups are being reached at a rapid rate. And the gospel is being preached. And, and the Bible tells us that the gospel will be preached and then the end will come. One thing that I know is, is now is not the time to not be ready. 
And it's also time that we recognize what our role is. Matthew chapter 24, verse 37 says this, As it was written in the days of Noah, so it will be at the time, at the coming of the Son of Man. You say, well, what was it like in the days of Noah? What is he saying here in, in this 24th chapter of Matthew? What did it look like? Well, Genesis chapter 6 allows us to know that, that in the world there was so much wickedness. There was so much wickedness that, that God had a plan. And he said, you know what, I'm just going to start over. I'm going to wipe it all out, and I'm going to start over. The animals, everything. But then something changed. Something changed. And in, in that moment, he said, I, I, I see someone who can make a difference. And he looks at Noah and he says, you can make a difference. You can make a difference for you, and you can make a difference for your family, and you can make a di difference for future generations. So, no, I want you to build this ark. And it's not a fairy tale. There's, there's evidence of a worldwide flood. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 8, we see the story of what happened. It says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the hu human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along, that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. In verse 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So in this passage of Scripture, we see that first of all, God saw all the wickedness. And we know that God was grieved at the wickedness. And so his solution to that was initially to wipe it all out. But instead, it says that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, God was looking for someone. God was looking for someone to make a difference. And can I tell you that God's solution for what's going on in the news today, for what's going on in your community, for what's going on in our lives and in this nation, God's solution is you. God's solution is someone who will stand up and make a difference, who will say, I'll do a part. I'll do my part. The reason that, I'm, that, that I've talked about this last week and again this week is because God, I just couldn't get away from it. Because this is what we believe at Gateway. We believe that God has called us not to just be a church that doesn't make a difference. But He's called us to make a difference. And my ultimate goal for you and for this church is, is, goes beyond just being a follower of Christ. My goal is, is to see us and to see you make a difference. Sometimes we see everything that's going on and, and we look at God and we say, God, when are you going to do something about this wickedness? When are you going to do something? Anybody ever said that? You ever thought that? You ever prayed that? God, when are you going to do something? Sometimes I believe God is looking at us saying, when are you going to do something? Because I've empowered you to make a difference. I've put you here to make a difference. When are you going to do something? When are you going to stand up? He's given us abilities and gifts and passions. Why did he do that? Why did he give us abilities, gifts, and passions? Why did he put us here? Acts chapter 13 verse 36 tells us this. It says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Why did God put you here? To serve His purpose in your own generation. To serve His purpose in your own generation. God didn't put us here just to work jobs. God didn't put us here just to, to go to football games or to go on vacations or, or spend time in the mountains. All that is fine and that's great. And we all enjoy doing that. But that's not God's purpose. And so my goal and my desire is that we serve God's purpose in our own generation. You have to believe that you can be a difference maker. You say, well, pastor, where can I make a difference? The first thing that you need to realize is that you can make a difference for those closest to me. When you look at yourself, I can make a difference for those closest 
to me. Your first calling in life, your first calling is for those who God has put in your life. He's called you to make a difference to those right around you. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, we continue about Noah. It says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, and you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. What does that first verse of chapter 7 tell us? It tells us that, that because of Noah, because of Noah being found righteous, because of Noah saying, I'm going to be different, I'm going to make a difference, because of that, the people closest to him, his family, they had a difference made in their life as well. In the New Testament, Acts chapter 16, verse 31. It says, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you, and, and you will be saved, you and your household. So if you read that, it can be a little confusing because you think, hey, if I get saved, that means that my whole family's good. The, the actual Greek word there for household actually means sphere of influence. And so what he's saying is, is that, that if you become a Christ follower, if you determine that, that you're going to follow Christ, that you're going to make a difference, it is going to have an effect on those closest to you. Because that's God's plan. You have to realize that that, that is our, His plan for us. It's to make a difference to those closest to you. So here I'm going to give you a challenge. How many people we, we used to have, um, if you grew up in church, I think the church I grew up in, it was Pack-a-Pew. Anybody ever have that? Pack-a-Pew Sunday. Come on, let's see. Somebody, just, just go all in. Raise your hand. Let's say Pack-a-Pew. Now, if I got up here and said, next Sunday, we're going to have a Pack-a-Pew Sunday, you may not give me grief, but my staff would. They would say, oh, we're going to have dinner on the ground too, Pastor? Some, to some of you said, yeah, that'd be great. But when we begin to think about that, I want to give you a challenge. I want you to start and to realize, do what you can do to get someone in your sphere of influence to come to church with you. And the reason I'm challenging you to do that is because it's something that I can't do. I can't reach. I can't get your friend, your family, your coworker. To come to church, but you can. And so my challenge to you is, is you do that. You do your part to make a difference. And then when they get here, we'll do our part to present the gospel in such a manner that makes sense to them. We'll do our part to allow them to, to feel the power of the Holy Spirit and what they need in their life. We'll try to explain the gospel so that it makes sense. But that's your first calling, and that's my challenge. Start to, with your sphere of influence, those people, those closest to you. The second way in place that you can make a difference is for your generation. For your generation. In the time and the place that you live. We look at everything that's going on in our community and in our lives, and we think, can I really make a difference? And the answer to that is, yes, you can. What we have found ourselves doing as, as followers of Christ is that we have found ourselves just being the recipient of what the world is dishing out to us. We just, we're watching culture change all around us, right before our eyes, right in our generation. And as we begin to think about that, we have to understand that, that there comes a point in time that we have to stand up and say, no, we don't believe that. No, we don't believe that, that the way, that's not the way that it is. That's in your community. We have to stand up. Well, how do I do that? Well, maybe some of you, maybe you could run for office. You got anybody with that kind of uh, aspirations here? I, I told them that uh, we always kid Pastor Steve because he's been in this area so long and, and you can't go anywhere with him, I guarantee you there will be at least four or five people he will know in, in a span of about 30 minutes. And you can't have a conversation with him at a restaurant because he knows everybody. Now, and we always used to call him the mayor. And we've told him, you need to run. And when we say that sort of half-jokingly, but, but sometimes we need to take that serious. 
You know, maybe it's a school board or maybe it's a city council. But we have to understand that we can make a difference. We don't have to sit idly by and just watch culture change around us. We need to, to, to be the change. We need to understand and realize that God has put us here to make a difference. To make a difference for those closest to us. To make a difference for our generation. And thirdly, to make a difference for God. God is looking for people. God is looking and counting on you. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. It says, The eyes of the Lord is looking. He's looking for someone whose heart is loyal to Him. He's looking for someone who will stand up and say, I want to make a difference for you, God. I want to make a difference. I want my heart to be loyal to you. I want to make a difference for those people who need a difference made in their lives. And I want to take just a moment and to thank everyone who serve, who have taken the step to say, I I want to make a difference. Maybe you, you open doors or you, you're holding back. There's people down there right now who, are, who, who got up early and came to first service so that they could be fed spiritually, and, and they're down there right now holding babies and, and teaching kids. There's some of you that are sitting here right now that, that you sacrificed and got up early and, and came to first service so that you could hold babies and, and teach kids or open doors or, or, or work in the sound booth or make coffee or, 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 or sing or, or, or do all of these things taking care of our online experience. All of these people have said, listen, I I will take the initiative. I will sacrifice because I want to make a difference. And there's so many people who are doing that. And I want you to know that if you're here and, and you aren't doing that yet, I want you to know that it may be happening, but we can use you. It may be happening, but we need you. Why? Because we need people who will stand up in this generation and say, I want to make a difference. God is looking for some difference makers. Many of you, you're you're on a team already. But believe me, there's still room. Do you know that, that the only place that Jesus ever commented on the solution for the hurting earth? It was when he talked about, he said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What was he saying? He's saying, listen, there there is a a, a field out there. There is a harvest. It is ripe. But the problem is, is we don't have enough workers to go out and to get the harvest. You know what happens if the harvest isn't harvested? It dies. You know what happens if the harvest, in the spiritual sense, they never get the experience because they didn't have anyone to step up and say, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. It is a theme throughout the Bible in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. He said, I look for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the Lord. He said, I look for someone who would build the wall. I look for someone who would make a difference. I look for someone who would say, I'm tired of sitting idly by. I want to make a difference. That's what he was looking for. But here's the issue. We can hear sermons like this, and, and we can hear messages, yeah, we can make a difference, and we can all you know, be ready to run through a wall, but, but there's a reluctance. And as I begin to look and, and think about this week, what is that reluctance? Why is it that, that people are scared? I mean, if I would ask individuals, do you want to make a difference? The majority are going to say, yes, I want to make a difference. But if I would ask the same question, well, are you making a difference? I'm afraid the answer might be different. And the reason for that, I believe, is simply fear. It's fear. Very quickly, four things that we're afraid of. Four things that we're afraid of. 
Things that keep us from being a difference maker. The first thing we're afraid of is, is that we're afraid of the past. I touched this on this just a little bit last week. We're afraid of the past. When we begin to look at and we say, hey, why don't you come be on a team? Why don't you come? Many people say, you don't know my past. You don't know my resume. And to that I say, your resume doesn't disqualify you. It qualifies you. Your resume doesn't disqualify you from being on a team, but it qualifies you because God's not looking for perfect people. When you look at how Jesus did when he built his team, when he built his disciples and, and, and went to them, they were not perfect people. They were misfits. They had anger issues. They had all of these things and all of these problems. And we think that before God can use us, that we have to be perfect. If that were the case, he'd be on his own. Because there's no one that's perfect. We all have issues. We all have problems. We all have a past. God knows that past. But he doesn't want you to stay in it. He can forgive it. He can heal it. He can deliver you from it. And then when he does, he can use you on the other side of it. But we have these things, we have these issues. And too often what we try to do is we try to, to, to hide from our stuff. We try to hide from it. Can I tell you that, that your past will never let go of you until you let go of it? Your past will never let go of you until you let go of it. We sit and we say, God, you know, will you deliver me from it? And God's saying, I need you to step away from it. I need you to step away from your past. I need you to, to step out and, and to do something that makes a difference, but we won't out of fear because we're afraid of our past. Secondly, we're afraid of the crowd. Simply put, sometimes we worry too much about what people think. Now, if I were to ask that question right now, if I'd say, how many people care what people think? You'd say, I don't care what anybody thinks. You lie. The reality is, is we do care what people think. And we'll say that we don't because we don't want people to think that we do. But sometimes we worry too much about what people think. I'm glad Noah didn't. I mean, think about Noah here in Genesis Think about him, and he's there building a boat. And all the people are coming by, dude, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a boat. What's a boat? Well, it floats on water. The water we're going to have when it rains. What's rain? I mean, can you imagine the, the ridicule and, and people mocking him? But Noah didn't care. Noah said, you know what? I'm going to make a difference. He didn't care what people thought. And today, it's a lot of times we come into a situation that we, we're afraid of what people think. We're afraid of the crowd. I mean, we won't even pray in, in a public restaurant. We're looking around. No, you pray. No, it's your turn. You pray. Christians sometimes are so intimidated these days. Can I tell you who's not intimidated? The world's not intimidated. They're loud and they're proud. And as followers of Christ, there comes a point in time that we have to stand up and we have to be bold. We have to stand up and say and realize that it's time. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. And my challenge to you this morning is, is don't be ashamed of your God. I mean, I'm not talking about being crazy and goofy and you know, even getting a bullhorn and standing on the side of the, you know, if, if you're called to do that, that's great. Um, I'll leave it there. But um, I'm not talking about being crazy and goofy and not being respected. But I'm talking about there's, there's a time that we have to understand and realize that we can't be silent. There comes a time that we have to understand and we have to stand up for God. 
There comes a point in time that we come in here in worship and we have to, to, to not be ashamed of thanking what God has done for us. If, if someone walked up to me and gave me a million dollars, really, if somebody just gave me $10, no, if they gave me, if somebody gave me a million dollars, I can't even begin to think what my reaction would be. I can't even begin to fathom. I mean, I, I would be screaming and shouting and, and yelling and, and wondering, you know, what can I do to thank you? How can I repay you for this? And I begin to think about that, and I think, what has Christ done for me? So much more valuable than anything that this earth and this world can offer. That's why I raise my hands. That's why, you know, Pastor Nick does certain songs, and I'm, I've told him, you know, don't do that again, or, or I'm liable to, to, to uh, maybe run across the front. How many people would like to see that? You never know. You miss a Sunday, you never know what you might miss. Now, I might do it first service, because if I do it second, I'll be caught on camera. But what I'm saying is, is, is it's okay. It's okay to worship God. It's okay to lift your hands. It's okay to clap. Because God has done something for us, and we have to understand and realize what He's done for us. He's given us eternal life. He's given us freedom. So we can't be ashamed of what He's done. Sometimes you just need to say, I'm going all in. And here's what you have to, you have to come to the realization. You have to be more concerned about obeying God than looking foolish. Why is it that we can't do that? Why is it that we have such a hard time obeying God? I believe it's because we're afraid of taking the first step. Because the first step is always the hardest. Uh, in my uh, older age, I've become that, that I don't like swimming pools. If the water is not as hot or hotter than my body temperature, I don't want to get in. And so I'm one of these, these toe dippers, you know? You got any of those? I, I, you walk up, and, and I stick my foot in there, and I'm like, mm, nope, nope, too cold. I'm one of these people that it's uh, uh, 95 degrees outside, and I'm sitting in the outside, sun beating down, and I'm sitting in the hot tub. Because I've just gotten to the point that I don't like cold water. And I've even tried, well, maybe, maybe, you know, my daughter wants me to get in. Well, maybe. So, so we got any people that just, you like to get in through the, by the steps? You know, just inch in a little bit at a time. You know that don't work. What's the best way to get in a pool? You just jump in, right? You jump in and you let your whole body be immersed in that water. And then when you do that, then you think, man, this is not bad after all. But so many times when it comes to making a difference, well, Pastor, I'll, I'll try it for a week. Well, how long do I have to commit for? Just let me, let me just, let me, let me feel it and see what it's like. But if you truly want to be a difference maker, you, you have to say, I'm going to take the first step. I'm going to, to just jump in. I don't care about anything else because I know that once I do it, if I do it with the, the right attitude, if I jump in that pool thinking I know I'm still going to be cold, I've already got my mind made up. But if I jump in saying, well, this could be refreshing, then I'm going to be refreshed. The best thing to do when it comes to making a difference is just jump in. Just jump in. Quit trying to ease into it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. It says, by faith Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. He did something about it. He didn't care about anything else. He said, I'm going to make a difference. He just picked up a hammer and he went at it. Sometimes God is nudging us. He's nudging us toward taking that first step. Sometimes God just whispers to us. 1 Kings chapter 19. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, he came a fire, fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. There's some of you sitting here today, or maybe you're watching online, that God has been whispering to you. He says, sometimes it's not in the wind, and sometimes it's not in the fire, and sometimes it's not in the earthquake. It's not in just the, this big aha moment. Sometimes God is just whispering to us. And for each of us, He could be whispering something different. You say, well, what, what? We begin to look at what could God be whispering? Well, for some of us, He may be whispering, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't cross that line. Don't go there, because if you do, you'll never make a difference. Or maybe he's whispering, do it. Come on, it's time. Aren't you tired of not making a difference? Aren't you tired of just sitting on the sidelines? Do it. Get in the game. For some of us, God's having, have, having to whisper, hang in there. You may be sitting here today, and you may be at the point that you're tired. You're tired of the struggle. You're tired of, uh, of what seems to be a never-ending cycle. God's whispering, hang in there. I know you're tired, but hang in there. I know you're weak, but when you're weak, I'm strong. Hang in there. I know you feel like that, that there's no hope, but I am the hope in the hopeless situation. Hang in there. Don't give up. Sometimes we get in serving. We begin to, to do ministry. And there's times in ministry, there's times in serving that you ask yourself the question, am I really making a difference? And you're down there and, and, the, and the enemy will tell you, all you're doing is just babysitting kids. You're not making a difference. All you're doing is holding the door. You're not making a difference. All you're doing is making coffee. You're not making a difference. That's a lie. You're making coffee. I promise you, you are making a difference. As long as it's not Folgers. But we get tired. We get weary. I'm not making a difference. God says, hang in there. Be faithful. You're making a difference. Don't give up. He might be whispering to you, Take the risk. Take the risk. Sometimes stepping out and serving, sometimes declaring I'm going to make a difference, it, it can seem like a risk. You may have to, to change some things. But he might be whispering, take the risk. You might be sitting here this morning, and God's whispering, apologize now. Sometimes there's things in our life that hinder us from making a difference and they could be fixed by simply saying, I'm sorry. He could be whispering, get help. Get help. You're fighting this thing and you're trying to do it on your own and maybe it's an addiction or maybe it's just a depression or anxiety or fear or whatever it is. God's saying, get help. You can't fight it on your own. Some of us can't make a difference because we're just too busy. We're too caught up in this thing that we call life. So God could be whispering, slow down. Slow down. Reduce your life down to the things that matter the most. What matters the most? Making a difference. That's what matters the most in the end. It's not about what you can accomplish or what you can purchase or what you can obtain. It's about making a difference.
Some of you are sitting here and you come to church every week and you think, man, is this all there is to it? To you, gospel whispering, there's more. There's more. You're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, there has to be more. God wants you to know, the Holy Spirit wants you to know, there is more. He said, go all in. Some of you are, you may be sitting here this morning and you think, man, I just, I don't, I, I don't know if it's just the right time. And God's whispering, it's time. It's time. It's time to make a difference. Some of you may be sitting here and the enemy's telling you that you can't. You can't make a difference. You can't do that. You can't be the change. You can't. You can't. You can't. There's an old saying where I'm from, and hopefully where you're from too. Can't never could do nothing. Anybody ever heard that? If I have any English teachers here, I'm sure that's not proper. But can't never could do nothing. But there's times in our life you're going to feel like that you can't do it. The enemy will tell you that, but God says different. Philippians chapter 4 says that you can do all things. You can do all things. Not in your own strength, but through him who gives you strength. There's only one way to do it. You have to step out to find out. What do you need to find out? You need to find out that God has promised that he will never leave you. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 13, after this story of the flood, and we know, God said, I place my rainbow in the clouds as a sign of my promise until the end of time to you and to all the generations. So this is a promise. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you. He said he found a man by the name of Noah who found favor in the eyes of the Lord, who made a difference in his generation, and he made a promise, I'm not going to leave you. And then in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, the last words of Jesus. says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And to be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Jesus, once again, he came, he made a difference. And he said, listen, I'll never leave you. I'm going to be with you. And if you're afraid of failure, you have to know that in yourself you may fail. But with God, you'll never fail. He said he's with you every step of the way. You're here this morning and you're afraid of failure. God wants you to know that he'll be with you. And that not through anything that you can do, but when you step out, he's going to go with you. He's going to strengthen you. He's not going to leave you. And in your generation, you can serve your purpose, the purpose that God has for you. You can make a difference. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I know if you're a guest, or even if you're not a guest and you're tired of hearing me preach about getting involved and making a difference and I promise in the next two weeks we'll start a new series and you'll leave here on cloud nine. Just or you, you, you won't even have to take your car to the restaurant. It's coming, okay? But I simply see that if we are going to make a difference, we have to make that determination. We have to make that commitment. You know, I'll be honest, there's days in that, that, that I get up and I think, man, I don't want to make a difference today. I want to sit on the couch and eat Doritos and watch baseball. But then I begin to think about the neighbor on the left of me and the neighbor on the right of me. They need somebody to make a difference. I begin to think about that person that I run into 
seemingly over and over again or that person that I've built a relationship with and they need me to make a difference. Too often we just wait for someone else to do it. Moms, don't that drive you crazy? There's something on the floor and in our house it's shoes on the steps. And these shoes my wife will put them on the steps in hopes that somebody will pick them up and take them upstairs when they go up. Man, you know how easy it is? I got long legs. I can step right over those suckers. Amen. It's like I don't even see them. Why? Because I, you know, let somebody else do it. I'm tired. So often in life, that's what we do. What needs to be done is obvious to everyone. We think, ah, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will take those shoes up the steps. Either that or we'll pray that they just get legs and do it on their own. <laughs> Hop in the closet. And so my challenge to, to, to myself and, and to us, the challenge at the services this weekend, simply been it's time to stop waiting on everybody else it's time to stop waiting for the perfect time it's time to make a difference we're coming into the fall and uh, before long these pews will be filled with people who who are hurting people who need someone they need someone to take care of that child while they can come and be refreshed by the power of God they need someone to open up the door and just smile at them as they come in they need somebody to make a difference and my challenge is, is that we understand and realize that now is the time right now I don't want to die not serving God's purpose in my generation. And my prayer is that you don't either. I saw someone do an illustration and I'm going to try to get this right. I don't have it visually for you to do put in your hands, but if you could visualize this, you have a, a timeline that goes, we'll say, from 0 to, to 110. First, think about how long you think you're going to live, so whatever you think that is, and then from that point to the right, just tear it off, so all you're left with is... So if you think you're going to live to your 75, now it says 0 to 75. And then on the other side, think about how old you are now. For me, that's 47. So from 0 to 47, I'm going to tear off. So what's left is from 47 to 75. take that and I look at it and I think this is what I have left of my life to make a difference I'm not going to have this car this is already gone this is what's left what am I going to do with it so here's how we're going to close today as you visualize that Before you ever come make a commitment to me to, or to, to the staff that says, I want to make a difference, the first commitment that has to take place is that you have to make that commitment, that declaration to God. Because He is your strength, He is your source, He is the only way that you'll ever make a difference. And so this morning, we're going to close by doing this. I'm going to ask you just to have some, some, some time to reflect and to look at yourself. Think about that portion of the 
timeline that you're holding. And know that with each year that passes, it gets a little bit smaller. What are you going to do? If you want to make that declaration, I'm going to ask you to do that right now as you pray to God. And if you want to pray where you are, if you want to turn around at your seat and kneel, if you want to come to this altar, if you just want to stand there, if you just want to whisper to Him, it doesn't matter how you make that declaration. But if you want to make a difference, let's make a declaration and declare to God today, God, I know that you're looking for someone. I want to serve your purpose in my generation. Let's pray. Father, I come before you right now. God, I'm so thankful for each and every person that calls Gateway their home. God, for every person that's gathered here today. God, as individuals in the church, God, my desire for myself is to make a difference. My desire for this church is to make a difference. God, not so that I can be, be, be built up or so the church can be built up, but God, because we understand and realize that now is the time. God, there's people who are lost, who are hurting, that need to know and hear the good news, the good news that you love them. God, I pray that as I follow after you, God, may I not be able to to sleep with the thought of living another second without making a difference. God, I pray as a church, as we make that commitment, God, we do things to, to reach our community, our sphere of influence. God, that you will help us be the change. God, that you will help us make a difference. God, for those who are here today that the enemy has lied to and says that you can't or you never will. Father, I pray that you speak truth into that life and into that situation. God, allow us to know that we can. Father, I pray that as we continue to seek after you, God, that we will be willing to sacrifice, to make a commitment, to make a difference. God, I don't want to wait for anyone else. I want to do what I can do so that you can receive the glory. In Jesus' name. Can we close by singing this simple course together? All my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made. I will sing of the goodness of God. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me With my life laid down surrender now I give you everything your goodness is running after it's 
pray that you go this week and that you know that you can make a difference to those closest to you. You can make a difference for your generation. And we're making a difference not for us, but for God. We love you. Have a great, great Sunday. Uh, don't forget um, the uh, pool party. Did I announce that already? See, we do two services here. I don't know if you know or not. Sometimes my brain, uh, I'm thinking, was that last service? Was that this service? 7 o'clock, Wednesday night. We love you. Have a great Sunday.